0: Y'all try it out in free credit. Amen. Let me say something. Some of you uh, may be new to 2911, maybe be new to church and wondering what all this was going on. Y'all ever seen a mosh pit before? <laughs> the difference. Is, now listen, y'all don't get down here and start running over each other or anything. I mean, I'm not talking about that, but the difference is kids run to the stage to get closer to the band. Now, they can hear the band back there better than they can hear them there. But they want to be closer to the man. The difference is people were coming down here to get closer to God. And uh, we do that. I, I, I mean, we do that at the close of every service. That's why we come together. And, uh, man, I was just having a good time just walking around in his presence. You know why I know his presence was here other than feeling it? It's because the scripture says where two or three agree, or where two or three are in, uh, come together in his name. There he is. And he also tells us in Psalms that he inhabits the, pra- the praises of his people. So I know it was there, and it was just—it was just enjoyable to just wander around in His presence this morning. So, uh, just invite you, get lost in His presence. That, that song we were singing says, says uh, "In His presence, we're undone." Anybody need to be undone? I mean, you might not think about that, but need to be undone. Yeah, man, I've been done up all week. Need to be undone. Amen. All kinds of things happen in His presence. Chains break. Uh, people that are bound. People that are. are are, are all chained up by enemy spirits and uh, what the enemy wants to do to us are set free. Miracles happen in his presence. Vision is received in his presence. Direction is given in his presence. Uh, Anointing is sometimes given in his presence. So don't, don't shy from the presence of God. Chase it. Run after it. Seek it. Want it. Desire it. And if you find a moment to step into it, then step into it. Amen. Going to go to our, our sermon, and it's going to, be a, going, to, going to be as quick as I can make it this morning. Since, uh, and, and I'm glad that this happened this way this morning because uh, we're going in a different place. You remember I told you last week, and I think this is really just God's great direction for last week's. how we stopped in the middle, and we were talking about um, expecting the unexpected, and God just said, stop right here, tell everybody, pray for their own unexpected this week, because now we're going to pray for God to give the church unexpected. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, God, for uh, how you've already met us in this service. God, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. And I pray, God, that you help us, Lord, in these few moments that we have left together, God. I pray you challenge us, Lord. I pray, God, challenge every person. Everyone sitting here right now, God, and anybody listening to me, God, I pray, challenge them. Lord, call them, God. Let them know, God, this is more than just this moment. This is more than just this little bit. I pray, call them and challenge us, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Okay. Expect the unexpected. Our scripture is from Ephesians chapter 3. I'm sorry. Just go ahead. We're going to jump ahead. We know that a little bit. Go to Ephesians. There you go. That God is exceeding able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Okay, this is who the, this God is that, that we serve. He is able to do exceeding abundantly. So we're expecting the unexpected. And, and uh, you know, I, I can expect pretty big. I, I said last week, you know, I can I can dream pretty big and I can ask pretty big, you know, so to to believe God can do more than I can even ask or think, that's pretty good. But I want to tell you this, is everything that has happened at 2911, I mean, just the the, the tremendous growth and how God has blessed us, how God keeps sending uh, families that are hurting and struggling and God keeps sending uh, young singles back, you know, who have gotten away from God and coming back, all of this, all of it. I fully expected God to do. Okay, now here's, here's a little thing. It's because, you know, if I were to ask you, how many of you believe God can double the size of a church in a year? Anybody, anybody believe that? How many of you believe he can do it again the next year? He can double it again the next year? Well, you know, we've been seeing that around here, okay? You know, but I believe that. But that's not expecting the unexpected because you already believe he can do that. You know, and it's not just believing. You've got to go farther than that. It's about expecting God to do what you can't believe and you can't see and you can't even think about yet. It's expecting him, not just knowing that he can or knowing that he wants to, it's expecting that he will. And God has really been doing it. I mean, last year, third year uh, was the deeper, wider, stronger. And we did and God did. Let me tell you, you know what? Uh, just, just some amazing things happened last year. And, and I almost want to just uh, say, let's just do it again because, man, it was just so amazing. It was just so awesome. I just want to just say, hey, let's let's just do it all over again. But this is a new year, and there's new things that God wants to do. But let me just show you a few things because I want you to understand, I really want you to understand where we are as a church because we've, we've been seeing God do some amazing things. The graph from this is the growth from January 09, just three months before we launched. There you see the launch is marked there, a little spike there because we had big attendance, you know, that day. And then, you know, and it kind of dropped off. Have you seen that spike? Show, show us the line there. Just got here, I mean, do you see that? It's been pretty steady growth. I mean, there's been spikes. I mean, you know, you get down a little bit there in, in, in July and August, you know, and then back up. You get down a little bit in December and back up. Can I, can I tell you that this is what basically God has done is he doubled the church in the first year and he doubled it again and, and he just keeps doubling. Uh, we've had since uh, since January of nine until uh, uh, January of uh, uh, 2012, we've seen God... Uh, 400. I think the growth is 466% that we've seen God grow the church. But if you back up just a few months to, to a few months even before this, go back into 08 when we were really just getting started and we were just really getting prepared and, uh, for uh, what we were about to follow God in doing and launching this church, we have seen growth of 766% growth in about three and a half years. Somebody say praise God for that. Praise God, Amen. You know, go ahead. Yeah, you can give him praise for that. That's good. Uh, okay, and I know some of you say, "Man, you're talking a whole lot about numbers." Well, numbers are. You have to be able to measure, okay? If you, if you, and how do you measure? I mean, you you can't measure up there in you know just the in, you know ethereal you know areas and spaces. I mean, you got to have something to measure. And even even Jesus measured. I mean, how did they know that there were five thousand families that he fed with those loaves and fish? I mean, I mean how, how did they know that there were ten lepers and only one of them came back? I mean, that's, that's counting, isn't it, right? Okay, that is numbers. And here's the thing. Here's the big thing, though, is here's what I know. Is that I know every unsaved person is a number. They're one. And five unsaved people is five. And five unsaved, un- unchurched families is five. I mean, I know that. And so we use these things. Okay, But and so this is this is amazing, and this is awesome. But I want you, I want you to know this. I fully expected God to do all of that. Now, because it's, you, some of you say, well, that was a totally unexpected to me. Good, because I expected the unexpected. I'm inviting you to join me in this year to expect God to continue to do the unexpected. Because this year, God spoke to us in the first message of this year that this was a year of opportunity. Now, that's, that, to me, that's a challenge. Because I realize that if I get to the end of this year and, and, and not much happened, I, I realize that what God said, is, look, I'm giving you a year of promise, and it's up to you to take advantage of the opportunity. And so I want us to do that. I want us to make sure that we do that. And so, so we've seen all this great growth, saw that chart going up. And, and, and I'll tell you this, if you carry that on in to the next, next year, uh, last week we had 204. So we were, back, we were over that mark, you know, last week, that next mark that was up there. And so the growth continues and continues. I mean, we're in a place, let's I, I, I just say this, I'm about to go on and I, I'm, I'm really kind of in a hurry because of the time. But I do want to say this: the, the the best growth I've ever seen in a church. I've seen I've seen I've seen tenfold. I mean, I've seen tenfold, like going going from a, going from about fifty to one hundred fifty in a church we pastored for about six years. So you know, what I'm saying to you about this right now is where we're at right now, is we're we're on a course to break that. You know, that tenfold growth in six years. I mean, we're we're at almost eight hundred percent now. I mean, we're almost at eight times growth now. And, and, you know, and we've got, I mean, we've just been in this thing three and a half years. So what I'm telling you is, is man, this is a place, almost a place that is stretching my faith. And I pray I get to a place that God really stretches my faith. Now, now listen, I've pastored 600, so man, uh, you know, I'm not, not saying that we're at a place I've never been before in that, but we're getting to a place in growth potential the way God is growing that I've never seen before. And I want I wanted you to know that because I want you to get excited about what God is doing. But those weren't the numbers that are all important. Now, that's important, but the numbers are all important is this. This pie chart broke us down. We hadn't done this several months, but it broke us down. This is important to me for one reason. is because one of the goals that we had as a church when we planted was to eventually be 50% unchurched. Okay, that means, it means like if you got 150 people in here right now, that 75% of them were unchurched before coming to 2911. Okay, and we've got over 200 people attending right now, and that green represents the unchurched. And you see how big that is getting? I mean, it's just kind of swinging around there, and it's just going. It's, you know, when we started, we started with all church people, okay? <laughs> you know, we start, and, and, and you got to have some others kind of help you build that base. But we're getting, we got over 200-something people here now. And we got the births up there. The births are the little red one up there. I didn't know where to put them. I mean, they weren't really churched. And in a way, they weren't unchurched, you know, because when they were born. But I guess so, in a way, you could say they were unchurched. So, yeah, those are the 77. we got 83. So, we've got over, over 200 people that are attending here regularly right now. And 83 of them were not in church before coming to this church. We're getting, we're closing in on that 50% goal. But I'm going to tell you this. I got a goal higher than that. My personal goal, now that's the church's goal, okay? Because, you know, I wanted something that you could believe in. You know, I didn't want to be so unexpected that you couldn't have faith and believe that. But my personal goal is I want one day, I want to be at 66%. That if we, got, if we got, you know, 600 people in here, then, you know, which it's going to be crowded if we got them in here. If we got 600 people in here, that 400 of those were previously unchurched before coming to 2911. Now, that's what I'm expecting God to do. And I want you to join with me and believe God to do the unexpected for our church. I want you to be praying that this week and the rest of this year and asking God how I can do that. Now, all this growth, here's where it's taking us to, though. It's taking us to a place... It's taking us to a place of of another oxymoron, and that's the oxymoron of good problem. Y'all ever heard of good problem? You know that's kind of like minor surgery. Y'all ever heard? Of, you know what minor surgery is, don't you? Something somebody else is having, and so you know a good problem is normally somebody else's problem, right? Well, you know, you know that's a good problem to have. You just ought to have my problem. That's the way we look at it, right? But I can tell you something. I can tell you that I've pastored. Quite a few churches, I pastor a lot of places, and I've had a lot of problems. And I talked the other night in my small group, I talked about sometimes feeling like as a pastor, all I did was I just went around with the pooper scooper, you know, just cleaning up all the messes that were in the church, you know. And, and, and I've been a lot of those places, and I can tell you that this, this problem we've got right now is a good problem to have. We had uh, three weeks ago This today, we had 160 in this service. This building isn't built for 160. We got 128, 29 chairs in here right now. We used to bring chairs in, you know, between services. We quit doing that. We just left them in here now because we were having to do that. So we got just about every chair. I mean, we could squeeze it, a, but if we come up a little further, we don't have room to gather for that. And that, that really closing is just important to me. So we try to leave enough room for that. I mean, we don't have any more room. 160, 129 chairs. You say, how did you get 160 people in here? Well, you got to think of Kids' church, nursery, and those things—we're not built for 160. So we, we've got a, we got a good problem. What are we going to do about that problem? Okay, so I want to tell you—I want to show you the options that, that we have prayed about. Now we've got options to try and fix this problem. Okay, and the first one is to do nothing. Okay, now I told Mike he's going to have to get me a WAV file so that when I get to one of these, I can say, eh, "Wrong. <laughs> That's not. That is not an option." Somebody say, "Doing nothing is not an option." Somebody say that out loud, please. Thank you. We can't, because you know what that says? Do you know what it says to an unchurched person who walks in the door and there's nowhere for them to sit? It says to them that we don't want them here because if we wanted them here, we would do something to make room for them. It tells them they, that we're not wanting them. They're not wanted. They don't have a place. They don't fit. And so doing nothing is not an option. So, the next option is new location. Man, we need to sell this location. Yeah, new location is next. Sell this, go buy something else. I'm scared. No, I'm not scared to death, but let me, just, let me just go ahead and say in human terms, I am scared to death of that because I know what happens. I know we get our mind on making a payment on something. I know also what happens is we, you know, we can't ride on the wall like we did over here because we got a brand new building and all that. I, 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 have, no, I have no desire to, to buy or build something that becomes the Taj Mahal, the edifice that we come and worship every Sunday instead of worshiping our God. And so, you know, I kind of like this, that we've got this old building that we've just been putting money into, and we, I kind of like this in a lot of ways for that purpose, so, and so, because you know, we've, we've done that. But it's got its limitations, and so we're looking at that, but, but here's the problem, and uh, this money that we've been putting into this church, if you've been to a work day, you may have heard me say these kinds of things, is we've been putting five-year money into this building. All this time. And we've been here three and a half years that we've been really working on this building. And we've been putting five-year money into it. But, and the reason is this is because we've always known this is not going to be the last building 2911 is in. And one reason we know that is because the highway department tells us that they're going to take away the building because of that new belt line or, you know, that's coming through, or the, uh, the northern belt line coming around through here. They tell us they are, and then they're not, and then they are, and then they're not, and then they are, and then they're not. And the last thing they told us is, well, we might leave your building, but we're going to take your front parking lot. And I said, well, that puts us out of business because we're not a drive-through, you know. We, we actually have to stop and go inside, you know, to the church. And so we don't really know where that is. But you know what that does to us? I mean, if we try to put the building up for sale, we have to disclose that to anybody who is asking. We have to say, hey, just want you to know there is a map that shows that, the, that a road is coming through here and, a, and a, an easement and a right-of-way and all this and all this and all this. So that's kind of got a lot of that up in the air. And, but I want to tell you this also is that I have... I've been seeking God about that. Whether that's the thing to do, let me tell you how far I'm going with this. Is I've actually gotten in my car on purpose, I'm not not saying, well, I'm going to run a few errands and do this. I have gotten in my car on, with the purpose of driving through areas, just praying, God, what, are, where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed? Show me how that, if, if God, if we're supposed to move to a new building, show me where that building is. Open my eyes. I mean, that's, that's pretty much expecting the unexpected, isn't it? Just driving around saying, God, show me something. And He's not shown us that yet, so probably that's not, that's an option, but that's probably not the option. Secondly, is this, and that is an additional location. Let me tell you, this may be the craziest thing you've ever heard, but this is something that is really, and, and this is really the place that, we, that I feel we are at this point, okay? Is to t- find a place bigger than this that we can take one of our services. For example, maybe maybe find a, a place in Fultondale or find a place in Warrior or Hayden and take our nine o'clock nine thirty service there, and we wouldn't have to add any staff because I could preach there at nine thirty, be back here at eleven o'clock, and we maintain this as our home base. That sounds like a weird, crazy idea to some of y'all. You know, I never thought of anything like that. But you know what? It's you know something you can move into and move out of on a Sunday morning. You increase your space if you get something bigger. And look, we all we had a couple of options that, that I was looking at really, really hard, and then they kind of shut down on us, okay? And so when they shut down on us, then I said, okay, well, then that must not be God's will for that. And, and I, was, I was, like, concerned, like, what's going on? In the past couple of months, God's been saying this to me. He's been saying one of the reasons it's not time for that yet is because you don't have the people praying about it yet. He doesn't want this to be just a me thing or just a, a staff thing or just a leadership thing, but he, but we all need to. So I want you to be praying about this and say, God, show us what we're supposed to do pray. As you're on your way to, to church every Sunday, or as you're on your way to work every every day, pray. Say, God, open our eyes. Let me see a building that I hadn't been seeing. And, and, and listen, you've got to understand, there's a lot of things that go into that, okay? You may, and, and So don't get offended, but if you tell us, uh, hey, I, I know where there's an empty building. Uh, it might be an empty building, and it may be a reason that it's empty, you know, so we, if we check into it, don't, uh, you know, if we don't move into it in a couple of weeks, don't get offended, all right? All right but, you know, we got to think about tr- uh, parking and traffic flow, and we got to think about portability, being able to move in, move out of it. You know, just because it's empty building, you know, we still need power lights and those kinds of things, you know. So, uh, but we need you to be praying about this because we look at that right now as our best short long-term option. Is that another oxymoron, short long-term? Yeah, our best short long-term option is something like that, okay? But that's not going to help us today. And we got a problem coming up in four weeks. You know what the problem is? We've got Easter. And every one of you has a lost loved one that you want to bring to Easter, and you want to you want to bring them to, to the Easter service, and you want to hear them. Uh, you want them to hear the message that God's already laid on my heart this week. I had a great time with God's starting to lay that starting to lay that message out. A lot of it's already built, put together, and I'm excited about our message for Easter. And you want to bring them. You know what? We really don't have room for them in this service. I mean, yeah, you say, well, there's a couple of spaces. A couple of spaces there. I see, you know, I see some. F- Absolutely full rows. You don't have somewhere to stick you. 160 is too much in this building. we got to do something then. And so here, here's what we're planning for Easter is uh, we're actually planning to do another service. Now, that's another option for us to do. We've added this service, but but you know what? The 930 service, sometimes it's hard to get you people to even try it out a little bit. So, you know, if we do an 8 o'clock service on Easter, how many of y'all will be here? No, don't, don't answer that, okay. Uh, I've never done a, a sunrise service because I did one uh, uh, what's that, watch night service, you know, where you stay up all night for a New Year's. I did one of those, and, pa- and I was the, the youth pastor, and the pastor bailed on me that day. I did one of those, and I said, I'll never do one of those again. And so nobody's ever been able to talk me into doing a, 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 an early morning that uh, sunrise service either. So what we're planning on doing for Easter is we're planning on doing a Saturday night service. Why? Because we want to make room. Because here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing that most concerns me about us getting full. The, the church growth gurus, the statisticians, they say all you can do is 80% and then people will quit coming. That's not what concerns me. What concerns me even more than that is that you're going to walk in the door and you're going to say, well, you know, I, really, I just really don't have any place for my friends to sit, so I'm not going to invite my friends. I don't have any place for my family to come, so I'm not going to invite my family yet. That's what we cannot allow to happen. And so I want you to be praying with me that we find and we, we think the additional location is right now the thing. But, hey, we're, we're expecting the unexpected that maybe next week, you know, some church that's just dying out here on the vine, you know. It calls and says, "Hey, would you come over here? We got a bigger building, and come over here, and we'll, you know, uh, let's let's do this thing here." We're believing for God to do something unexpected like that, but I'm laying this out for you because I want you to know we've got to do something because we want to continue to see God save souls. Now, how's this going to happen? Oh my goodness! I got a whole lot. Of, I still got to say in this message, and I don't have any time to say it. I changed my order. What did I say to the next thing, Mike? What, what did I say? I changed my order. Big Little Church. Okay, here, here's, the, here's the thing. And a lot of people say, I don't go to a big church. You know, I, I, understand, I understand the feeling back there, but there, there's an underlying problem with that statement. Okay, there's an underlying problem. Because when, you know, if you say, you know, if I say, how many of you want to go to a big church? And, and you, you put your hand out, and say, I, I don't want to go to a big church. But I say, how many of you want to see 100 people get saved? Well, yeah, sure. There's a problem with that, isn't there? I want a lot of people to get saved, but I'm going to go to a little church. You know, there was a problem with that. You know, There would have been a problem with that in the book of Acts. Because in the book of Acts, it says, and here again, they counted numbers, didn't they? Because 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. And what if the apostles said, but we don't want to go to a big church. We like that 120 we were with up in the upper room for the last 10 days. We want to go to a small church. Where's our scripture on that? Let me show you this. Uh, Acts two forty six. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper, and shared their meals with great joy. Uh, you see what they did? They did both. They went to the temple and met together, and then they went to homes and they had fellowship. And that's why our small group program, it, that's why our small group ministry, is important. Another reason why it's important around here is because that's the way a big church stays little. Okay, so as we continue to grow, and I, I mean, you know, if if you've got your top number and you say, I'll never, pay, I'll never attend a church over 200, hey, we're there, you need to start looking. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm serious, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean that ugly or flippantly, but I'm serious about this, okay, is that, is that if you say, I don't want to be a part of a big church, you know, you need to look around and see what God is doing. God has brought... 80 people to this church that are still here today that were not in church before they came to 29/11 I don't care how big it gets. What I'm concerned, I'm thank God for all of those that are here. Amen. And you know what? It's gonna if we get up to 600 or above, it'll stretch me. I ain't been there before as a pastor. I'm looking forward to getting stretched. I'm looking forward. I, I want to see. I, I I wish somebody give me a number. Somebody get no, no, Tell me. Let me tell you what it's about. Don't just throw a number out yet. Yeah. I don't mean a phone number. Somebody give me a number of how many people you would like somebody give me a number of how many people you would like to see saved new new unchurched people in 2911 this time next year in one year how many somebody give me a number how many you'd like to see 500, 500 a thousand my goodness somebody expected and unexpected i heard a thousand twice and 500 oh those are big numbers what are you going to do with them we don't have room for them but we want a little church you know i, I don't ever want to say never And I can see maybe God using a group of 50 to do some real mobile type ministry or something. But I don't believe there's a lot of churches that are called to be 50. Because you can't get a lot done with 50. You ever been to a church of 50? If you were involved, if you were working, you were tired. Because you would have about 20 that were working trying to take care of 50. And y'all were trying to do Sunday school and children's church and Wednesday night classes. And somebody had to take off. I mean, I've told you about the first church I pastored. Uh, the second church I pastored, I'm sorry, and I get in and, and 10 minutes before service, I find out that, that I've got to teach Sunday school and if we want a kid's class, my wife's got to teach it and uh, if I want any music, that I've got to lead the music and by the way, if I want any music with the music that I'm leading, I've got to play it and if I want to sing a special before I pre- if I want a special before I preach, I've got to sing it. I mean, you can't get a lot done with only 50 people. There are, there's not a lot of church ministries that are called to be little. They just happen because they don't want to do anything. Well, I I, I just felt some backlash from that. God didn't, and listen, this was awesome this morning, what we've already had. Somebody say amen. That's why some of you are here. That is why some of you are here. But that's not enough. Because you're going to experience a whole lot better than that when you get to heaven. And if God called you just to have that, he'd kill you and take you on to heaven. You are called because somebody else needs to feel what you have felt this morning. You are called. And so where does that lead us to? That leads us to uninvited guests. Anybody ever had an uninvited guest? Let me, say, let me tell you this. We've had a lot of uninvited guests around here. Thank God for them. I mean, people that just showed up. I didn't say unwelcome. I said uninvited. They just showed up. And a lot of, the, a lot of you are that. But you know what? Those are mostly the church people that knew God was moving them to be somewhere else, to help, and they felt like this is a the place they need to go. You know what? There's not a lot of... If I were to ask all the unchurched people to stand up, no, I'm not going to ask you. Those people that were unchurched for coming here to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But if I were to ask you all to stand up and for you to raise your hands, as to those of you who were invited, most of them would raise their hands. Because people that aren't in church, they don't drive by a sign and say, hmm, I think I'll try that out today, this week. No, they don't. You know how they're going to get here? They're going to get here because somebody invited them. Do you know of the 27 that we began with, those 27 names that are, that are still here, that were part of the original launch team that are still here today, only 11 of them were here before me. You remember, some of you might not know, but there was a church here before me, Mount Olive Road Church of God. 11 people are still here. 11 adults are still here from that church. And you know what that means? That means 16 came because of invitation, even in the launch. Even in the in the dream team. Th- Most people come to church because they get invited. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do two things in this year. We're gonna invite people to church. And we're gonna invite people to our small groups. We're gonna do that. And I'm gonna tell you how that's gonna work in just a few moments. We're gonna invite people because this is what God has called us to do. God didn't call stand up, Matt. Would you stand up for just a quick moment? All right, now sit down. Now I want you to get comfortable. I want you to look like you are just, I want, yeah, come on, really get comfortable. Thank you. I think he has a calling for comfort. That's not what God called you to do. God didn't call you to get comfortable on these chairs. He didn't call you to be comfortable. And I'm gonna tell you something. If you if you come to this church because you beat up, you're hurt, you're worn out, and you got to heal for three or four or five months, okay. We're going to give you that time. But about six months in, we're expecting you to be doing something for God. because that's what, Not because we got to have the help, because we do need the help, but because that's what God has called you to do. And if you're not doing what God has called you to do, you're going to get miserable, you're going to get irritable, you're going to get ugly, you're going to eventually lash out at somebody because you're not doing what God has called you to do, and church is not as fulfilling then as it is now. Because it's fulfilling now because you just got here, and God's given you some grace. But down the road, there's not going to be any grace. And you're going to be saying, oh, I don't know why I don't feel like it used to. It's because you're not a kid anymore. Grow up. It's time to do something and work. And feel like you're a part, an asset, a part who is doing something in the kingdom. I mean, it's just like just like a kid at home. I mean, eventually you get old enough to carry the trash out. Somebody say amen. Eventually you get old enough, you know, to, to close, you know, to close the door when you walk through it. I mean, don't leave the door open. You know, you eventually get old enough to do some of those things, and you do it. And the same way in the spirit, in the, spirit, in the church, is you're going to get old enough. And, and so if you you got your limit set at 200, that, you know, it may be that you need to start looking for a church now. Because God's got bigger plans for this church. And if you just want a place that you can, you can just be on Sunday and just feel all this wonderful... Now, this isn't in my notes, and I wasn't, but God spoke this to me just a few moments ago, and, and, and I got it out of my mind, and he just brought it back to me, so i got to say this. I'll relate it to Brownville. Some of you know the Brownville Revival. The Brownville Revival was amazing. I mean, amazing things were happening. And people were loading up vans. They were said, man, we're going to get a big crowd of people, go down there, and get a whole lot of that revival and bring it back to our church. Guess what? It didn't happen. Because those people prayed for two years for revival and you can't load up a van and go get it if it took them two years to get it and somebody has worked for three and a half years to get what we've got here right now and you can come and enjoy it like people rode their vans down to brownville but you can't have it unless you're also willing to pay the price for it and so sitting there on the chair or standing here in the presence of God, it feels wonderful today, but if you don't find your place where you belong, and if this is not the church, then hey, go find it, because this, this ain't going to feel good very long if this is not the place you're supposed to be. If you don't find the place you're supposed to be and jump in with both feet and say, I've got something to do, because can I, can I, you've got to get this. Ministry volunteer. I, I don't have time to preach this. I'm trying to quit. I'm sorry. I'm trying to quit right now. Ministry volunteer. No such thing at 2911. You know what a volunteer is? Volunteer is somebody who showed up. walk out walk we out. Don't, we don't have those. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know what it talks about? It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. He goes on through that chapter. You know what he says? He says, you've each got something to do for God. He said, if it's this, then do it. If it's this, then do it. If it's this, every one of us has something amazing to do for God. We don't have ministry volunteers around here. There, there, there's not, if there's any volunteers up here on this stage in the worship team, you are discharged, okay? You, you, we don't need you anymore. We don't need volunteers in ministry. Ministries don't need volunteers. Churches don't need volunteers. Ministries and churches need people who know they've been called, they've been gifted, they've had God invest something amazing into their life, and they say 2 Chronicles 29 11, I choose to not neglect what God has put in me because He has chosen me to worship and serve Him. I know I've been invested in, and I ask God to anoint what He has given me to do so that I can do amazing things through Him, and I can see an Expected things happen through him. We don't have ministry volunteers. We have team members at twenty nine eleven, and I invite you to become a member of a team. And, and I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you this: one hundred one is today at four o'clock. And if you've not been through the growth track, you need to start today, four o'clock. Be here. I don't care if you've been. If I don't care if you were part of the launch team, if you hadn't been through growth track, you need to be here today. If you've got, if you got duties that you can't get out of, then I want to see you next next uh, next month. April 1st, I want to see you at 4 o'clock at 101. Why? Not, be, not, because, not because i got to have more workers. We need some more workers. Because if we do another service, we got to have some more teams, team members. Not because of that. Because you need to fulfill what God has called you to do. And in 2012, if we're going to make the most of those 366 days that God has given us in this year of opportunity, you're going to have to quit blowing opportunities. You're going to have to choose to get something done in your life. And if you want a church that never pushes you to do what God has gifted you to do, you haven't found it yet. You need to keep looking. Because we are going to push you to do what God has gifted you to do. How in the world is this going to happen? How is it going to happen that I'm going to invite people and they're going to show up at church? How is it going to happen? that? Can I, I, I hear people all the time. You'd be surprised at the number of people that tell me about a great ministry that blesses this church, that blesses it. Every time they come, it's just amazing. It just blesses me so you know who and You know what? Two people, Wayne Newman and my dad. Wayne is normally at the door at first service, and my dad's normally at the door at second service. Or when I've been noticing, that's the two guys that are there. Those are the names that I hear people say, Wayne and your dad. And they say, you don't know how much it blesses me. And you thought all they were doing were opening doors and shaking hands. But because they realized, I have been invested with something that I can share. I have a gift and I have an ability. And therefore, I choose to be used in that and I ask God to anoint me in that. We got people changing diapers. And we pray God anoint them to change diapers. That sounds sound weird to y'all. I ain't got time to finish that. I ain't got time to even finish that thought, much less this sermon this is what God has called and gifted you to. You need to find your place. How is, that going, how, how is it going to happen, though, that I can open a door and shake a hand and somebody's impacted? How is it that I can I invite somebody to a small group and they're actually going to show up? Well, you, I can give you the stats and say it's going to happen. 87% of the people who were invited to church said, or, or, or 87% of people who have never been invited to church said they would go if one person asked them. And what's the number on small groups? Five or six out of ten, something like that? Something like five or six. If you go ask ten people to come to your small group, five or six of them will show up. You want want to see your family members come to church? Quit worrying about it and go home and invite them. I just don't understand. Let me show you how it's going to happen. Malachi chapter 3. I know this is about money, but please stretch it out and believe it and see it about everything. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. What's tithe? Somebody give me a number. What's tithe? 10%. Hang on to that. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates. Somebody say floodgates. Floodgates of heaven and pour out. You know what floodgates are? You know? Y'all ever seen a dam throw open the floodgates? Throw up the floodgates of heavens and pour out so much blessings. you and I have enough room for it. You know what? I, I've seen this so many times in my mind's eye. I, I, I'm a middle picture kind of a guy. I've seen this so many times in my mind's eye that it's like me and God, we're going to go out in the backyard, we're going to move some dirt, and I'm going out there with, with Brooklyn's pail and shovel from the beach, and God shows up with a backhoe. You know, because, because here's what we got here. It's the whole time. My whole 10%. My whole 10%. That's my little part. It's 10% and God shows up with a backhoe. I'm doing my 10% and God's throwing open the floodgates. That's what he's going to do. He says, if you'll just do what I've called you to do. Your 10%, your obedience, just invite somebody. And you say, well, man, my little invitation is not going to mean a whole lot. You don't realize how much your invitation is going to mean. Because when God gets to be a part of that invitation, your little 10%, your little measly invitation is going to be amazing because God's going to show up with his backhoe, throw open the floodgates, and swarm them with his love through your invitation and draw them to church or to your small group or whatever it is you're inviting them to. That's how it's going to happen. And that's, What we're going to believe God for this year We're going to invite We're going to find our place And we're going to believe God To show up with his backhoe To throw open the floodgates Stand Come to the front Let's close Jesus Jesus Please step forward. Let's, let's get everybody out of the aisle if we can. Get in the front. On, Jesus. So I thank God that people move forward that had needs already because this is about the church. It's not about you. You know what? That's, we say that around here too. It's not about us. Calvary was about me. Calvary was about you. This church was about you. But as soon as we get saved, as soon as we, it's not about us anymore. It's about somebody else. It's about the names on the wall. Have you forgotten the names? If you've forgotten the name you wrote on the wall, somebody needs to repent. If you wrote a name on the wall and you haven't invited them yet, you need to repent. If you haven't prayed over them in the last month, but you wrote their name on the wall, you need to repent over that. Ask God to do something you weren't serious. Listen, I could be a whole lot more tactful if you give me one more hour. <laughs> but if i gotta, if I got to be quick, i got to be blunt. And blunt is, we don't have time to build a church. Honestly, this was never the vision of 2911. We don't have time to build a church that makes Christians comfortable on Sunday morning. That ain't a bit of what we are about. As soon as you got here, it was no longer about you. It was about the next person that needed to be reached. Somebody give me another number. How many broken families? Oh, man. You see, I I got a whole lot of things confidential. Y'all understand that, right? I wish I could tell you stories about broken families that God is bringing to us. You know what? They're not healed completely yet. They're still struggling through a whole lot of stuff. But thank God he sees us. He has enough confidence in us at 29-11 that he had sent them to us. Hey, man, that's awesome. We're helping them struggle, and they're messing up, you know, and we just help them pray right back through it again, you know, and apologize and try to build the marriage back up. Somebody give me a number. How many, how many broken families, broken marriages would you like to see God send in those back doors in the next 12 months? How many? 306. Love that. Ooh, 306. Sounds like somebody gave us some thought. they just throw a number. At it. Think about it. How's it going to happen? It's going to happen because I'm going to do my little part of inviting people that I know that need to be rescued, saved, delivered, whatever. I'm going to do my part by finding where I belong. And then I'm going to believe God to do His part. God will show up with His backbone. God's going to throw up in the floodgates floodgates and background. Expect the unexpected. I want you to pray right now. Listen, I, don't, I, I don't want you to pray. I only want some, certain people to pray. Close your eyes. For I only want people to pray who believe God is able to do more than we can even ask or think in this prayer. I want only those people to pray right now. I want you to start praying right now over families that you know that are Busted up, broken, that are falling apart. I want you to pray right now over kids that are that, that are bound by uh, addictions uh, uh, to drugs. to alcohol to sex or whatever I want you those those who believe that God can do above and beyond I want you to pray right now over over uh, lost co-workers that, that, that God will open the door for you to have impact in their life and just make an invitation to your small group or make an invitation to Easter service I want you those are who let's pray right now come on let's pray right now and and if you if you don't believe that yet then just ask God to start giving you that kind of faith to believe Jamie lead us in a final song please don't start singing